Welcome to Travel Time. Today we're talking about Joshua Tree National Park. We actually traveled to Joshua Tree National Park directly from San Diego. We were on a trip that we're doing Southern California. And so we went to the San Diego Zoo and then drove up to Joshua Tree National Park directly from that zoo. The trip was about two and a half hours, a little over two and a half hours, 162 miles. A nice drive, not too hard to make after a day at the park at the zoo. Uh, we drove straight to Spin and Margie's Desert Hideaway, which is where we stayed. It's a hotel. It's a real cute hotel near Joshua Tree National Park. It's got really fun decoration, kind of um, kitschy decoration. The hotel's set up with suite-like rooms, and there are only a couple. And then they have some land there that's just really nicely decorated, really nice kind of patio areas where you can sit. And each one has each of the different cabins or suites has a unique unique decor and a small patio for relaxing either a private one behind it or they all open up into a patio in the front where everyone can kind of join in and relax particular trip we actually met my sister's family and they live out in california so they met us there to have a couple of days where the cousins could get together this worked out this particular hotel worked out great for that because there are so many like they're the different cabin types rooms so different families can stay there but the Kids and adults can gather in kind of the gathering areas and enjoy each other's company. The decor a little bit, but it's um, fairly Western, but it also has kind of a Route 66 vibe where it's just got some fun little decorations and accents of desert kind of decor and also the old kind of 50s patio style furniture in some instances. It's really fun. Our family stayed in the Sonoran Traveler. This is one of the suites that has a private patio. The patio was a nice ad. I think we we spent some time out on it. We probably would have spent more time out on it, except that we were mostly in the front patio because my sister's family was there so that we could visit and things like that. The suite had a little kitchen. And by little, I mean it's a little tiny kitchen. But it did have pots and pans and a refrigerator, as well as like dining ware, like plates, utensils, glasses. They also did provide coffee and tea for the morning. And in our reservation directions, they actually included information about a couple of local stores in case we wanted to stop on the way in so that we could stock up the fridge if we were going to be keeping things there, which I thought that was a nice little touch. It's small enough that the reservations and everything aren't the formalized kind of reservations you get from like a Hilton or a Marriott. They're more personal and give you a couple of little tips about the area, as does their site. Their site also tells you about some different places you can go visit or things you should see. It's just really helpful. They do have a pool, although we didn't use it on this trip because we were busy mostly in the national park. And I think my sister's family stayed in the Mojave Wanderer, which was a, another one of the bigger ones. Some of the suites are designed for two to three people and they only have a couple, one or two that's designed for more of a family size. So if you have a bigger family, you might need to get two of the suites to be able to have everybody fit in the fit in the area. Just in sum up, our four boys really enjoyed it. They could kind of explore the grounds, wander around and kind of look at de desert creatures that are running around and just kind of play games and things like that, that they wanted to play. And in the evenings, it was nice because we could also just kind of hang out together in the main gathering area and enjoy that. I just really think it was just kind of a fun place. We did go to Crossroads Cafe that was in Joshua Tree, California for breakfast twice. It's a nice little restaurant. We were limited a bit on our options because by going in July, it was the off season because it's so hot. 
So some of the restaurants that are normally open during like the high tourist season weren't open when we were there. But Crossroads Cafe was. The food was great. It was a really good place for breakfast. Most of your typical breakfast fare is there. um, And the prices were reasonable, things like that. And I I thought the restaurant had a really nice character to it. As well, the people that we worked with, our waitresses on both mornings were really nice. And we just enjoyed the service there. It is the perfect place to have breakfast and then just head into the park because it's very close to the park entrance. It's not too far from the hotel. We also packed in lunch when we were going into the park. And by packing in lunch, it was nice because Joshua Tree doesn't have any in-park dining like some of the really big parks do. You either eat in the park what you bring in or you eat outside the park in restaurants like the Crossroads Cafe. And I believe we had dinner one night at the Crossroads Cafe, again, because not very many places were open when we were there. But we did have lunch in the park both days. Now for Joshua Tree National Park, Joshua Tree in July is hot. So if you're planning to go in July like we did, just be aware that it's often well over 100 degrees during the day. And the nights cool down, but they cool down to about the mid to high 70s. So it's still going to be pretty warm. When we were there, it was actually, I guess you could call it like a cold snap, but it was in the 90s most of the time. And I think it got just a little bit over 100, but it definitely wasn't as hot as it could have been. And my biggest recommendation, no matter what, when you go in the winter or in the summer, but also if you go in the winter, bring water. The general recommendation is at least one gallon per person. And if you're hiking, at least two gallons per person. It's a desert environment and there aren't a lot of places to stop and get water I can't even actually remember any places where you could stop and get water in the park. So make sure you bring in your pack in your own water. What we did, which worked really well, was since they were from California, they brought a big cooler, like a big beverage cooler, and had it filled with water. And we all had our own like portable water bottles, and we would just fill the water bottles from that cooler when we ran out. And that worked really well. And that giant container could carry enough for everybody to have. I think we had at least two gallons per person per day in that cooler. So that was super helpful. And if you're coming from out of state, obviously it's going to be a little bit harder, but do find a way to get water into your car, your rental car, or whatever you have to make sure that you have that to refill your water. And you will definitely need it. Shade is not really plentiful in this area either. The other thing I'd recommend, bring um, sunscreen, a sun hat's great, and make sure you're planning breaks in the middle of the day when it's the hottest. Um, Even if it's on the lighter side of the hundreds like we had it still gets really hot especially if you're out there all day and make sure you have some time to sit down and let your body rest in the middle of the day they will tell you that in numerous places on the national park site but it's definitely something i'd recommend and just want to reiterate here one thing that i did not know about joshua tree as we were heading in but found really interesting is it's actually got three distinct ecosystems it's got the mojave desert um, an extension of the sonoran desert which is the colorado desert. And the little San Bernardino mountains are all encompassed within Joshua Tree National Park. So you've got very different vegetation in all the different areas. The Joshua Tree that the park's famous for, for example, is only in the Mojave section of Joshua Tree National Park, or primarily in the Mojave section. If when you cross into the Sonoran Colorado desert, you'll see a lot more chala cactuses and things like that, a lot different kind of vegetation, even for the two different deserts. One's a high desert environment and one's more of a low desert so they it makes some differences in their flora and fauna 
the little San Bernardino mountains, meanwhile, have a lot of pine tree, like pinyon pines and things like that. And it's a much higher elevation. So we were able to go to all three sections, at least a little bit, and which is nice because we were able to kind of experience some of those differences. We started out at the Joshua Tree Visitor Center. There are actually three park entrances. Um, one was pretty far away from where we are, but two of them were pretty near Spin and Margie's Desert Hideaway. They were one in Joshua Tree, California, and one in 29 Palms, California. And you can go in from either of those. We went in via the Joshua Tree entrance when we started. And on the way in, you're driving through the Mojave Desert in that part. And so we saw a lot of the namesake Joshua Trees in that area. We were able to immediately get glimpses of them. And they're just really cool. They make for really great photographs as well. But we really enjoyed seeing those trees as we as we went through and what our group decided to do was we started off on the Split Rock Loop Trail, which if you take the full Split Rock Loop Trail, it's 1.9 miles. And we hiked the Skull Rock Trail. So we went around the Split Rock Trail, kind of linked up with the Skull Rock Trail to go to Skull Rock and then came back along the Split Rock Trail. There's a little connecting piece between those two trails. The two trails together, they say take about two to three hours total. We... And this is a theme you'll see throughout our the different trails we did. We did quite a bit of boulder scrambling and enjoying that. So it took us longer than that because we were, the kids especially were scrambling around the boulders and actually the adults too. We were all kind of going up for the different vantage points, scrambling around. I had just had knee surgery, which I mentioned in the San Diego episode about six months before. So I had to limit my boulder scrambling a bit, which means that I definitely need to go back because it was a lot of fun. This is one of the best national parks for boulder scrambling, um, in my opinion. And I've read that several places. So just sharing that as well. I'm pretty sure the boys would have been perfectly happy just boulder scrambling the entire time. If we had even just stayed in one place and done that, they were having a blast. So split rock goes through an area with boulders on either side. And it's kind of a trail through a lot of natural boulders And then when it links up with Skull Rock Trail, it ends up near Skull Rock, which is a naturally occurring, it's a boulder where erosion and things like that over time have created the look of kind of a face in the rock. So again, lots of good climbing and scrambling opportunities at Skull Rock and a lot of different places in the park. We had packed in our lunch, as I mentioned before. So we went on to a picnic area just past Jumbo Rocks. And so we were able to eat and of course, the boys found places to scramble on the boulders a bit while we were while they were waiting for us, the adults to finish. But and generally, we just kind of sat and rested. That picnic area was nice because it was a little bit shaded by the boulders. There are boulders on both sides of it, so it kept it slightly shaded, which made it just a little bit cooler and a good place to kind of relax before we did any more. The next thing we did, though, was um, we were in the car for a bit, but we headed down to the Chala Cactus Garden. And this is like a naturally recurring cluster of Chala cactuses. And there's a very short nature trail that basically just walks through the Chala cactuses. So I really, I think it's classified as an easy hike, but I don't know that I'd even classify it as a hike. It's like a boardwalk walking through there or a little path walking through there. But it is really cool to go and see those kinds of cactuses, just see the different environments. Once you're down there, you're in the Sonoran or um, Colorado desert section of the park. So it's, it's nice to see the different ecosystem and see what, what kinds of things are down there. There are a lot more trails further down that road, but for today we turned around after that 
and we headed over to Keys View, which was back towards the entrance, and then to the, um, I think it was west a little bit. And this this is the part where we were able to kind of be in the sand, little San Bernardino Mountains and see some views there. It was a short, mostly paved trail. It's, I think it was like 0.7 miles, is well under a mile. And we could, you just walk up and, and there, there are some views at the end and you can see it, we had plenty of um, visibility and range to see the day that we were up there. You could see the San Andreas Fault, uh, Mount San Jacinto, Mount San Giorgino, and the Salton Sea. You could see all three of all four of those items from up there. And we we hung out up there and enjoyed the views a little bit. It's also a little bit cooler higher up there. And then headed to the Oasis of Mara. And the Oasis of Mara is actually, you have to go out of the park and kind of back to another visitor center. And it's just right off the main road in town. In fact, you can kind of see it from, you can see town from it and vice versa. But gorgeous, gorgeous palm trees and things like that growing in this oasis um, in the middle of the desert. So it's the first time I had really been able to experience a true oasis in a desert um, in all my travels. So that was, that was fun. I understand there was a fire there um, at one point after, after we were gone, like not that week, but like a year after or so and took out some of the vegetation that was there, but it was really, it was a really nice place to kind of learn about how an oasis ecosystem thrives in a desert environment. We had, um, we went to dinner and on the way, our plan was to come back to do the stargazing ranger program, since this is an amazing place to see the stars with pretty much no light pollution or very, very little light pollution. But unfortunately the night that we were trying to go do that, it was really cloudy and we couldn't see a thing. So the ranger playing program ended up getting canceled and we headed back to the hotel. But the next day we did head out and we headed out to the Lost Horse Mine Trail. This is a little bit more of a hike than the one the day before. The one the day before was pretty much an easy hike. And this one was more of a moderate level hike that goes about four miles. And lots more good boulder climbing on this trail. So although it takes, in theory, two to three hours to take the trail, we took our time and spent, it takes two to three hours to take the trail. We spent about four hours on this trail. And again, a lot of this was because the boys were climbing and um, the adults as well, exploring some of the different views and things like that. We enjoyed, once again, a packed in lunch. And then we kept, we pretty much had to say our goodbyes then because we had to head off to the next part of our trip. And so on the way out of the park, we stopped at a visitor center because the boys had completed their junior ranger booklets and we could get their junior ranger badges. And we ended up heading out to Anaheim and my sister and her family headed home after it was just a great place for the cousins to hang out together and to explore the national park together. So we were really lucky to do that. We were headed for a couple of days in Disneyland. So just a completely different change of scenery for that. But if you're thinking of doing something like that, Anaheim is about two hours away and not bad drive at all, considering that. So we we headed out and got there in plenty of time. We checked into the hotel and ended up having dinner in Anaheim that evening. So we will talk more about that in the next episode. But until then, happy travels.